Ferg, how does your mic sound? My mic's my, I'm good, man. I, I'm, nah, I'm, Ferg. Check two. You're supposed to say my mic sounds nice. <laughs> Oh, how how far are we going taking this? Listen, listen, all we, 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 we go all the way. We go all the way. <laughs> you do understand that since you've heard the show before, you know how things go around here. I see. Right? It is, it is a, it is, there is a mic check process. And I know that mine <laughs> sounds nice. And we know that Ferg sounds nice. But we don't know how yours sounds yet. All right. Come on now. Give me something now. Give me something. You can cha-cha-cha to this Mardi Gras. I'm the dopest female that you heard thus far. And I do get better. The voice gets wetter. Nobody gets hurt. As long as you let her. Do my thing with an 89 swing. The dopeness, all right, I guarantee you like. Because it's a hip-hop maniac and uptown brainiac and full effect. Jada Wright is back and better than before as if that was possible. My competition, you find them in the hospital. Visiting time, I think it's on a Sunday. But notice, they only get one day to shine. The rest of the week is mine. And I'll blind you with the science that the others have yet to find. So come along and I'll lead you the right way. Bam, bam. Oh, now you're officially on the show. Jada Wright, Jada Wright. Well, damn, Jada. We, all right. Jada. I, see, I, I see how it's going. Jay. Yes. It's been a while since I've seen you. Yes. And in that time, a lot has happened. Life has happened. Life has happened. Yes. So I know you to be a very fit person. Yes. Uh, I know that you not only are fit in your, in, your, in your own fitness, but you share that message and that fitness with the people that you love and the people who are around you. Correct. You're a doula. Correct. You're a yoga practitioner. Yes. And much, much more that you're going to share with us. And in this time since I've seen you, you've gotten married. Yes. You and your husband, Ray, have had your first child. Yes. One, moment, one, moment, one moment, please. Mm. She's also a bona fide member of Team Chocolate. Okay. She is not. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you, what is that? What would you say? Is more butter pecan? Where would yeah, you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm butter pecan. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're an alum of Tennessee State Correct. University. You're a yes. member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Correct. Sorority Incorporated. And and in our text message the other day, you sent me the following. Oh, gosh. Verbatim? Verbatim. Ah! Food and relationships spoke to us. Speaking about a previous episode of the Super Fantastic Show, my husband and I both gained 30 pounds with the baby. I lost mine. He didn't. So I gained back 25 because I'm a good wife. And then she gave the crickets uh, the flat face <laughs> emoji. Fortunately, in Memphis, it's not as noticeable, but we're both getting this stuff off now. Uh, they're kicking me out of Memphis right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I immediately, when I got that text, I, I got, I got uh, Dr., Dr. Ferguson. I said, dog, you know, we got to get my friend on the show. I know you're right. You know, uh, uh, now, now you've got three married parents on this talking about a, a problem. And and it's about relationship. It's about uh, parenting. It's about diet and nutrition. It's about shoot the impact of body image on relationship and on the self. And welcome to the show, Jada Wright. Let's get it in. Thank you so much, Ferg. I'm gonna let you go ahead and kick off the first. What do we want to know? And what we want to know is the um how how difficult has it been to navigate the the health and wellness and marital waters with the with the 
with a new addition in the family? So my husband and I are both, were both <laughs> fit. We were both active. Uh, we both ate um, fairly well. I um, enjoyed martinis and he enjoys sweets. So those are our two um, downfalls mm-hmm. prior to the baby. Uh, as I said in the text, I got my, I returned to my pre-baby weight pretty quickly. Um, although I didn't look, <laughs> I didn't look the same and I didn't feel the same. So I didn't feel quite as strong. I didn't feel quite as steady. Um, and I was not as solid as I had had been previously, but the, the scale looked the same. Mm -hmm. So I returned to, uh, teaching yoga when my daughter was 12 weeks and, uh, between teaching yoga and, um, breastfeeding and eating well and being around healthy and fit people all of the time, the weight just continued to come off. I, you know, I stabilized, I was feeling stronger my husband, in the meantime, was uh, working uh, longer hours. <laughs> I was I was only teaching yoga, so um, he was working longer hours. He never had to uh, get up with the baby because he because I was breastfeeding. But when he got home in the evening, the baby was all his. <laughs> now, what kind of work does Ray do? He's a chemical engineer. Okay. And, um, so he, uh, so the baby was his while I rested and, uh, from that he, you know, was, he had zero time to hit the gym. We did not have a, we didn't have a solidified meal time or plan. We did not go to bed at a set time. It was just, it was chaos. Um, not chaos in that our daughter was driving us crazy because she was a very uh, easy baby, but we just did not have a routine. We didn't have a schedule. We were really going with the flow, which seemed nice at the time. But as we look back, we, we can definitely see some of our missteps. Now, now Ferg, well, Ferg, is it fair? Do you think, <laughs> Ferg, how is it from your perspective? Is it fair that, uh, you go as a husband, you go off and you work your 40, 50 hours? Right. And then when you come back, the baby's all yours. How do you feel about that, Doc? There's two things here. <laughs> From what I know now as a husband, the, the reason that the that the husbands, not necessarily her husband, but any husband increases those four those forty to fifty hours is because they don't want to be home. Okay. Sure. It's true. I mean, you you're trying That's to what run. I told no, you try, you you're trying to. Let, I mean, if you're really honest, you're trying to run away from the issue. You love you love the child. You love the the holding part and the you know, and the feeding them the bottle and all that stuff. But man, the 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 rest of it, and you're actually trying to run away from home. And that's what you're doing. So when you come back, it's not a it's not necessarily a um, an issue of fairness because both people are working. Thank you. That the husband's working and the, and the wife is working, and she's done. And this is this is Roddy Ferguson at forty now talking. This is not Roddy Ferguson at at thirty three talking. But I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm more wise now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done the 
you didn't help her carry the baby. So you, you have you have to carry some of the some of the burden when when you come home. No, true indeed. Well, and, it's, and, it, yeah, and, and it's, it's not it's not a and it's not an issue of fairness. And and it's not a, not only that, I will say out, outside of the pregnancy, which was uh, I didn't have a, a fun pregnancy. So outside of that, I will say that during the day. So when I so if my daughter wakes up at two o'clock in the morning, that's when my day starts, especially in that first year or so. My day starts at. 2.15, 2.30 in the morning. I don't go back to sleep. I, you know, I was changing her diaper. I was feeding her. I was pumping. I was preparing for the whole rest of the day. My husband wakes up at 4.30 and gets, which is what he had always done, but he gets up and he starts his very long day. So I am going, 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 making sure that a human being stays alive throughout the day. Right. So, what were you doing to make sure that your husband stayed alive? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Did you give him some living water? Amen. Listen, I had to. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. I, listen, listen, I need somebody in my email. We, we listen to you. Go ahead. <laughs> I had to make sure that he knew that it was okay. I, I, can, I can tell you on February oh, 12th, Lord, I promise you, my baby was born January 6th. On February 12th, I had my you're good to go checkup. Baby and got that, the stitches out. I didn't even have any stitches. Listen, I was... Cool. I did yoga for for thirty six weeks of my pregnancy. No stitches necessary. I'm so I'm sold on the yoga. Done. <laughs> you won't get no yoga argument for me. I'm sold. 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 I almost delivered the baby in a yogi squat, but my husband started yelling at me, mm. and the the nurse came in to see what was the problem. Once again, sold. <laughs> Yes. They put me up in the bed. Mm. But um, yogi squat. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, 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 so. I, uh, yeah, no. So that, I, like, I made a Facebook post. I tweeted, like, today is the day. And my husband was still afraid that something was going to not go right. <laughs> and uh, so I, <laughs> I remember Valentine's Day. I was like, no, seriously, honestly, she's in the corner in her swing asleep. We can totally, like, revisit this whole thing. No, we, yeah, we don't. This we... show brought to you and sponsored by Yoga. <laughs> yoga. <laughs> For the good of your marriage. That's right. And, 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 listen, yogasquat.com. <laughs> You know what? Let me interject here for one second and let's all go ahead. But, but if you look in the urban dictionary, it will be also known as the froggy. Go ahead. <laughs> Absolutely. <I'm> a... <laughs> Absolutely. Wesley this Snipes is, Jungle Fever. What? Yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is one of, this is one of the best shows ever. All right, listen. <laughs> for the non parents out there, let's let's put on let's put the cards on the table and talk about the chaos for a second that that first baby does bring to the household so that we, you know, before we get into the hardship that came as a result of it, let's adequately illuminate cats on what, how that first baby changes the house. Man, I, yeah. listen, <laughs> I, I don't, you can't, I, listen, I'm a writer and I don't have the words to articulate that feeling of when you leave the hospital 
and you go downstairs and they wheel your wife out in the wheelchair and they put the baby in the in the in the car seat. You've already been to the firehouse to put the car seat in correctly. Oh, listen, <clears throat> bro, bro, when they close that door and y'all in the car together, you were like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. We are now responsible for a human being. A human being, yeah. Let me tell you something. Tracy, my wife, she broke down and cried mm. in the car. She was just, she said, I, I, I asked the lady, she said, she said, I was just so overwhelmed. She said, I didn't know if I was going to be at a breastfeed ride. I didn't know if I was going to be at, she said, I was just overwhelmed because she left the hospital without knowing how to fully and properly breastfeed. Yeah. Jada, which I'm sure you can speak to. Well, I'm a lactation consultant as well. So I can. <coughs> me too. I just kidding. I'm just messing. Yeah. No, I'm a lactation consultant as well. It, it, it happened to be by grace that uh, my daughter and I had a great experience, great breastfeeding experience. Mm-hmm. But I was surround. My husband is one of 10. He's the baby of 10, in fact. And uh, none of the women in his family breastfed. His mother did not breastfeed. My mother breastfed us, and I always knew that I wanted to breastfeed. So uh, when it was time for us to take our uh, prenatal classes, and my, I said, okay, well, the breastfeeding class is, you know, two Saturdays from now. He was like, oh, I'm not going to that. Oh, no, you are. No, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not into breastfeeding. I'm not a fan of breastfeeding. So I had to educate him, and he's, you know, he's, he was easily educated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still a challenge trying to. Hey, how, how long were you married at that time? Because he, because he, because he first said he wasn't going, which lets me know you guys weren't like three, four years in. <laughs> um, no, we were uh, a year. A year, right? Because, because, hey, uh, uh, Coach B, we know better than to say no now, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's a rookie mistake. What you gonna do? That's a, that's a rookie mistake. Yeah, he, he, he was he, he was still on the practice squad. He was, yeah. on, his he was on his okay. Okafor. He was on his Okafor. He'll get it. He'll get it together later. Is that, is that, oh, like, no. She said, "You you going you going to um, breastfeed?" He said, "Oh no, I'm not." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know. He got he it was, together. He, he wasn't aware. Yeah, but he then had to defend breastfeeding, uh, and and me to his family, which, which, you know, as, as, as the baby of the family is, mm-hmm. is a whole nother thing. So anyway, I, we actually, my daughter and I did well in the hospital. They put us out less than 36 hours after uh, she was born. And my mother was staying with my, both of my parents were staying with us and uh, which was great. They helped around the house. They did nothing for me and they did nothing for the baby, I should say. So they weren't trying to hold the baby or feed the baby or any of those things. But they cleared the path for you. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They They were clean and they were doing laundry. They were preparing meals, which is exactly what we needed. And, um, my daughter didn't eat for a day and a half. And I couldn't tell my husband because he was just going to say, well, that's why you need to give her a bottle. Right. Right. And uh, so I secretly cried to my mother and I called the lactation consultant on the phone and I called my pro fight, who's her pediatrician. And I was like, do we need to come in now? And so we got it together. But um, that that breastfeeding piece is just one of the components. Breastfeeding had to go well for us. And God knew it because my pregnancy did not go well. Right. So had the pregnancy been horrible and breastfeeding not have worked, it would have I would have 
been in a in a completely different place. I already know. So mm-hmm. it is it is so overwhelming to just piggyback off of what Roddy was saying about you know Tracy just not knowing you know, anything. I checked on my daughter breathing throughout the day. I, you know, so I, you know, I totally stalked her. I would turn my cell phone, camp, my cell phone light on her in her bassinet while she's sleeping soundly. Just, you don't know, is, you know, is this um, umbilical cord doing the right thing? Is she's, or what are all these hiccups about? And that's just her. Jada, hmm? tell me this, because you can speak to this, especially professionally, on the emotional side and being a, being a mom when when you're not able to to lactate or you're not able to or your baby's not latching on I, I remember Tracy telling me that she felt back and she was internalizing it as I'm not equipped or I'm not a good mother um, or I can't take care of my child can you speak to that on a personal level and, yeah. and, how, you, and how, how you consult people professionally yeah so and, excuse one, me, and, and one thing, and and towards the end, kind of tie that in to how that can possibly correlate to postpartum depression. Absolutely, I was I was definitely going to take it there. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so we we are built for this. And this is one of the things that I tell mothers to <clears throat> give them confidence with breastfeeding. We're built for this. We were created to nurse our children. We are mammals because of our mammary glands. So just like all of the other mammals feed their children with their breasts, we feed our children with our breasts. Bottles are new. Pacifiers replicate a nipple. Nipples don't replicate a pacifier. The nipples on the bottle, same thing. So in in all of you know, human existence, bottles are relatively new, whether they were glass bottles or plastic bottles or latex nipples, whatever, uh, whatever incarnation they've been, they've all been to replicate what a woman has always been able to do. So if women by and large have not been able to, were not able to breastfeed successfully, we would not exist. We would not have made it this far. So There's been a shift in these last two generations in America, especially among um, African-American women, where breastfeeding became uh, taboo. It became looked down upon. And, you know, some of it dates back to wet nursing. Some of it dates back to, um, you know, poverty and the welfare system and assistance that we can get from the government. And this milk is better. This formula is better. So, you know, you need to use that. And you don't, what my grandmother told my mother, my grandmother breastfed, what my grandmother told my mother was that, oh, you don't have to breastfeed anymore. Women don't have to do that. You can just get some of this formula. Mm-hmm. So it, it was almost a class thing. So my mother definitely wanted to breastfeed and she did, you know, without her mother's um, vast support. So when a woman truly desires to breastfeed and then cannot breastfeed, and, and typically it's a small problem that can be assessed and fixed by a professional um, and patience and faith. So the the number one reason that a mother is successful at breastfeeding is because she, 
I guess, number one and number two. She wants to do it and she believes that she can do it. Mm -hmm. So whether it's flat nipples, whether it's a low milk supply, whether it, you know, there are all of these issues that can't pain with nipple pain with um, breastfeeding. There are all of these things that make women think that they can't do it. It takes too long. The baby's, you know, wanting to nurse too frequently. Those are all things that women and their partners and their mothers just need to be uh, educated about. Most women, there's a very small percentage of women who physically cannot breastfeed. Everybody else, if she wants to breastfeed, can find a way with support and education to breastfeed. If that doesn't happen, if the woman uh, gives up or is forced to give up or the doctor, the doctor who is not knowledgeable about breastfeeding says or the, the mother or mother-in-law says <clears throat> you need to supplement or you need to give just give that baby a bottle or give that baby formula. And this mom really wanted to breastfeed which is the thing that mothers are supposed to do for their children throughout the mammalian kingdom or family. What is a man? Yeah. Family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> then she could very well risk, <clears throat> excuse me, postpartum depression being, uh, she could be at risk for postpartum depression because the one thing that she's supposed to be able to do, she can't do outside of carrying that baby. She can't do or she's made to feel like she cannot do. So she does doubt herself. She does feel inadequate. She does feel like a failure. And sometimes that can affect how she further cares for the child and definitely how she interacts with her partner. Let me ask you a question before, yes. you, before you go there, because that, that is where we want to go. Okay. From the standpoint of a coach, if you... If you preframe your client or you preframe the woman who is pregnant with this is what you're supposed to do, this is what we're supposed to do as mammals, this is your one job, this is your thing, boom, boom, boom. And then you have someone that is maybe they're maybe they're not, they're not mentally tough. Maybe they don't have access to a professional. Maybe they don't have they don't have that same level of uh, patience. Patience or faith. Ma ma yeah, maybe they exactly they don't have that same level of faith. Are you, could you possibly, from your particular bias, be setting a person up for postpartum depression? So I never say it to the mother the way that I just said it to you. I, no, I no, no, you didn't no, say I, it to Ray I, that I, way either. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I said it to Ray exactly like that. Ray, what, what, this is what's supposed to happen. But, 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 but what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that our bias comes out in our behaviors. And I'm asking, I'm asking, is that a possibility? Is that something that that could possibly happen? I think that if, yes, if a mother is not able to do anything, so this can happen in childbirth, right? So if a mother wants a natural birth, and it does, I'm, I should say it does happen in childbirth. If a mother wants an, an unmedicated, minimally uh, invasive, no intervention birth, then she is forced to have a C-section she can develop a postpartum depression mm. um, or be at risk for it. If, you know, she expected to have her baby, you know, a full bouncy baby boy, and she, you know, has it at 33 weeks or 26 weeks, like my goddaughter, she can develop a postpartum depression. So that we, we have these expectations. If she gains more weight than she thought that she would, if, She's not, I, I was, um, I had uh, hyperemesis gravidarum. I was nauseous every single day 
<clears throat> throughout my pregnancy, nauseous or, and or throwing up, had to be medicated every day beyond, beyond um, first trimester morning sickness, every single day. That's not the pregnancy that I imagined for myself. I imagined that I would be, you know, climbing Stone Mountain and running half marathons and doing all of these things. And that wasn't the case for very long. So I didn't have the pregnancy that I, so we all have expectations. So whether they are mine or whether they are what other people expect of me, because people did expect me to, you know, gain 10 and a half pounds only and be bouncing around and kicking up my leg everywhere and glowing. And I never felt like I had a glow during my pregnancy because I was so miserable. So any, any expectations that we have that are not met uh, can set us up be, and, and, it's the emotional aspect of it, but it's also the hormonal aspect of it, which is very, very real. It's physiological. We cannot, you know, change it just by, uh, well, don't think about that or, you know, don't say that it's, right. it's physiological. It, it's happening. Hmm. But it was, yeah, I, that, and, uh, <laughs> I'm over here learning, <clears throat> taking notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning too. <laughs> what I do is in, I educate and empower women to know that this is what we are here to do. We can do it. You have support. See, I don't, I'm not going to tell, tell this to somebody who I'm then not going to be around to support. Um, my, you know, you can ask my husband now. I am texting people on, uh, on my phone, on Facebook, all times of the day and night about latch issues. And this is before I became a consultant, when I was just uh, a laxivist, when I was just a breastfeeding mom. Um, you know, just, you know, telling women, helping women, I, they, women are sending me videos of what their babies look like, what their mouths look like on the nipple, what their nipples look like. Is this, you know, this is cracked. Is it, is this pus? Is this blood? Okay. You know, all of these things. And so I'm not going to give this spiel to somebody and then not be there to support them. Yeah. And you know, the, the power of your story is that you went through and had a, a small you know, breakdown because you were having difficulty. Right. And the thing that brought you back out was your, your three point thing, which is professional help, uh, patience, which it sounds like was the, was the issue and, and faith. And right. so that, that's really powerful. Right. Uh, I know Ferg has, uh, has a, uh, has a transition, uh, conversation because I know we want to talk about also the, the, what are we, what are we built to do in terms of our, spouse as well and our relationship and we kind of touched yeah. on it a little bit earlier so we've talked a lot about what a maternal duty is to her child but let's also investigate the other sides of the triangle and talk mm -hmm. about you know the, the paternal side as well as the mom and dad relationship we're gonna let you go ahead and frame up well i i, I have two children myself and my wife and i have two children and I, I, I'm a life coach, so I coach as well as you, Jada. And what I, what I see sometimes is there's an over, overwhelming responsibility or a, a calling for a mother to mother. Right. And that is her highest calling. Even, I, mean, I, I believe that. I mean, I come from the Christian theoretical framework. Um, that that is that is a mom's that's her, that's her highest calling, 
she also has a, a, a calling to be the, a wife because she's, she's chosen to be one. How do you, or how would you recommend, or, or from your personal experience, how did you balance that pull to, to make sure that you were still nurturing your relationship with a new person in the house? Because the, the balancing act is difficult at best because it's yeah. new. It's new, and um, and husbands and, and, and husbands do get jealous, big time. Yeah. So because, because I, I told my wife that those those titties that they're rentals. Dog, <laughs> uh, you were, I was wondering if I was going to go in on that or not because I remember oh. clearly my first son. I swear he had both hands on the titty. Yeah. Looked at me with the side eye like, nope, this nope, is mine. I got, I got <laughs> <it>. you. <laughs> You should, you should have grabbed his head, man, and knocked it off the tile. Yeah, no. No, so... Give me a B one moment. And then, B, <laughs> and, then, and then when I want to touch on the titties, the titties sensitive. Uh, not, not just sensitive, <laughs> but they respond, yeah. they blow up. Right, it yeah, might even start yeah. squirting for you. Like, ah. Uh, you, can't, you can't manhandle yeah. them at all. They're too sensitive. Like, and man, then, I have then lost... You, and then even when they get done breastfeeding, they, I said, man, the titties are ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so, I got I got to go down low now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. Go downtown. Listen, my mother told me. <laughs> Pause. I, I am, I am, uh, I, I, I was not prior, prior to having a child. I was um, president, uh, executive director and uh, recording secretary of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. <laughs> and my mother, and, I, and my mother is not small-breasted, and I said, uh, Mom, you know, growing up, Mom, when are they going to come? When are they going to And my mother said to me, when you need your breasts for what they're for, they will be enough. I definitely, at the age of 15 or whatever, thought she was talking about my boyfriend will like them enough or my husband will like them enough. But what she was talking about was for feeding my child. So it just so happened that my uh, my first everything uh, had no problem with my breast size. That instilled a lot of confidence in me. And from there, I had no confidence. I mean, no, I'm sorry. I had no issue with my with my breast size. Mm -hmm. um, so. Guys, they are for your children. I, They're for your children. They are dual purpose, if you ask me. <laughs> no, no. We share those. Oh, no, As a matter of no, fact, no, they're, they're, no, they're no, for me out. longer than they're for. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> let, 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 let us get this clear. <laughs> those breasts. Now, 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 understand this. If I got I to gotta ask first, because that which we operate from will determine the conversation. If, are, are you Christian? Do you believe in the Christian theoretical framework? I, I'm a Christian, yes. Okay, good. So those breasts are mine. They're not yours. They're for no. your child. There are over 200 biblical references to breastfeeding within the Bible. I I, 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 no, 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 no. I, I believe you. I believe you. They are, they are for your children. Mm, you, mm, mm, even mm, if mm. you had them first, right? Which clearly you did because you made a child. But when the child arrived, they are for your children. You were just keeping them warm. I was right. keeping the, I was keeping them warm because here's here's the deal, the child is not the covering of the relationship. Then that has nothing to do with the breath. No 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 no. Come on come on. Oh come on. Let 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 me get this straight now. The child 
is not the covering of the relationship. Right. Right. I I am my wife's and my wife is mine. Mm-hmm. The two become one flesh. So those are my breasts. They are not your breasts, honey. There well, if they go. if they are your there breasts, she go. If they are your breasts, or since there. they are your breasts, then it is very generous of you to use them to loan them out. We'll go with that. We're, we're For the nourishment that. of your child, if that's how you want to. There you go. <laughs> there we go. That, we, we all together. We all together now. We all together. You know, um, what I wanted to ask is just, and then kind of run the parallel, <clears throat> in, in Ray's family, and, yeah. and not just in Ray's family, but because it's an example. I want to make sure I told you guys in advance, don't get sensitive because it's not about your relationship. That's fine. It's an allegory for a larger relationship. Right. Right. There's a breakdown at some point in this, in this family chain from what you see as the natural thing in the way uh, and, and what... A woman's body is for in terms of nurturing a child and what his family ended up believing and practicing and and arguing for that had to be then argued back in terms of hey they you know they weren't for breastfeeding and the, and they still and and that still exists they, so he comes from he is as i said earlier he is very fit he is the only one of the 10 in his family who is fit he has an older uh, sister who is thin and she does like jazzercise you know twice a week mm-hmm but she's normally thin. Everybody else is obese. Everybody else is, you know, one sister has donated a kidney already to a brother. Everybody's got diabetes. Everybody's got heart disease, Every, right. not heart disease, but high blood pressure. And some do have heart disease. The oldest, the this year, <laughs> the oldest sister and the youngest sister had um, stents placed in their hearts this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, so their norm is definitely not my norm. And um, But because I knew, fell in love, and married him, I did not understand how much that would affect uh, our life. So um, I think back to, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to talk about was that, you know, when, you know, we go to family events, my, <laughs> my very first Christmas, uh, as his wife with the family, I, I am a most of the time vegetarian. So I, I very little meat and, um, you know, lots of, lots of veggies and grains. And, uh, my first time going over to Uh, his sister's house for Christmas. They had a huge spread and everybody was so excited and everybody was preparing something. And this is my favorite dish to bring. And and it was like pulled pork and sausages and um, two kinds of ham and just all hamburgers for the kids, just all of this stuff. And then coleslaw on the side and banana pudding. Mm. I don't like banana pudding. I had coleslaw for Christmas <laughs> <laughs> and and Hawaiian bread. Well, you know the thing that I was going to I was going to actually my point was that there's a parallel here between the lo- the, the the loss of quote unquote nature between uh in that knowledge of breastfeeding and that chain from kind of where we began human nature and things like that to where we practice today in that particular yeah. family. And the same thing, I'm sure there's a parallel with food knowledge 
and True. knowledge and practice of nutrition, which leads us back to kind of the place we started, which is with all the chaos in the house and all the change going on and all the risk uh, and the emotional changes, the hormonal changes and everything happening and everybody's life turned upside down. You now look up some point down the line and see we've both gained 30 pounds. Yeah. 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 So I, I stopped working. I got out of a routine. I stopped working. I was, I was only teaching yoga. Um, and I did, I did not plan to stop working. I didn't, I wasn't pregnant and said, Oh, I'm going to take two years off, but it's what happened. And it's what worked out best for us. Mm -hmm. So I'm around the house snacking, especially when my daughter, uh, started eating herself at about, mm, she really didn't get into food. We, we started with food at about seven months, but she really didn't get into food until about 13 or 14 months. But before so, that, you had gained weight for the pregnancy, and you said Ray also gained weight yeah, during the pregnancy. I gained, yeah, I gained pregnancy weight. He mm -hmm. gained pregnancy weight. I think he was just stressed. I think he was munching. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, I, I mean, what I gained was the normal pregnancy amount. I didn't – I'm short, so I – you know, I did look like a beached whale, but I wasn't at an unhealthy point mm -hmm. um, by any means. I'm sure but you didn't like, look like that, but go ahead. <laughs> I, did, I can send you pictures. <laughs> so I, um, so as I said, I, lo I lost mine pretty quickly. It was, and kept it off. I'm Even when I look back at pictures now, like, man, that was six months after I had the baby. That was two months after. That was 11 months after I had the baby. I was, I was so fit. And then my daughter started eating. I was feeding her, you know, whatever I wanted to feed her, help, you know, healthy choices. She is a full vegetarian. And, um, but because she had a small appetite, I would eat all of her leftovers and eat all of her scraps. And she might've, you know, she might not have eaten those eggs. And so I would eat her eggs and then I wanted to make her something else an hour later to make sure that she was getting some nourishment. So I'm, preparing food and eating all day long. I'm snacking because I'm pretty bored. And, um, and then when we were getting out for mommy and me days or going to the library because I didn't want to take her out of the car, I'm going to drive throughs which I never did before. Mm -hmm. So just, there was just a series of, you know, poor choice, poor lifestyle choices. What are you getting at the drive through Like what, I, what is reasonable food? According to your dietary practices at the time, that None. you could actually follow. It, it was, okay. Yeah, it was like Chick Fil A. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't eat Chick Fil A. I was I was reintroduced to Burger King's egg and cheese croissants, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think I'd had in like fifteen years, and then I had one, and I was like, "This is the best thing ever," and it's so easy. Um, so yeah, I would do that, but yeah, Chick Fil A. Um, and then they've got the pictures of the shakes on there. My oh, goodness. Man. Oh, you went head first. Okay. Yeah. I understand yeah. now. Um, yeah. So, and so then you, you said in your, in your note, you said we both gained weight. Mm -hmm. I lost mine. Mm -hmm. And then I gained 25 back because I'm a good wife. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Okay. I am. Right, right, right. <laughs> what was going on with Ray at the whole time? This whole time, from looking at it, kind of from his perspective, how do you see that that seesaw and what what forces so, caused it? He, he didn't. He didn't seesaw. He, oh, he went and he stayed. Went up. <laughs> <laughs> he went up and he stayed there, and I left him. And um, 
And he, he, when I was pregnant, got out of his routine with the new baby, stayed out of his routine and he's never gotten back into it. So he, we run into people, you know, randomly and they say, oh, hey, man, you still in the gym? This guy could lift the whole gym. And he's just, you know, with his little belly and poor thing, doesn't drink at all and has, you know, has a beer belly. And I'm like, what's in there? And, you know, he's just like, nah, man, I ain't been to the gym. And um, so it's it's we have not uh, we've we've not gotten it right. We've we've set some goals and we have fallen off. He'll get really into it. And I'm, you know, not not as much into it. Um, And so there's no cross collaboration. There is no uh, meal Mm -hmm. planning. There is no accountability. There's Mm -hmm. no you know, so all of these all of these components are missing when, you know, when, when the struggle is occurring. So when the, when the struggle gets real, when the struggle is real. Yeah. You're, you know, you know, I'll look at the scale and will hate my number and I'm like, okay, starting today, I'm going to do it. Okay. Baby, um, meatless Monday and, you know, uh, veggie taco Tuesday and starting now. And then he brings home, a pie from a lady at work. <laughs> Patty pies on the way home. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, I guess I got to taste, you know, Miss Jean's oh, pie. Well, no. well, is, it, is it important? Is body image, is your weight, your current body composition, your weight, your routine, is it important to your relationship? I think for us it is because it was important beforehand. Um, Put I it would on a scale from one to ten. From one to ten, how important is it? Body image. How you feel about your body and your weight and your body composition, how important it is, is it from a one to ten? In oh, our to your, relationship. To your, to your relationship, yeah. Um, probably a good seven. Now, now how, do, how, do you th- how important do you think it is to your husband? It's probably up there too. I've definitely said more no, about. No, we, we, no, we need a, we need a number. I don't know. I don't know. There's I, actually I four questions. There's four. There's one to ten. How you feel your body image is important to your relationship, and then also what you can definitely answer is one to ten. How important is your perception of his body image important to your relationship? So yeah. that that to me is less important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the same flip-flop occurs. So what I've noticed is that when when I'm not feeling good about my body, I'm not uh, as willing to make the first move. Mm, the sexy panties stay over there. Yeah, yeah. in okay. the closet, on the drawer, underneath, right. So, um, but he's not turning mm. anything down, and he's not, you know, not not coming after it. So it, it's not it's not that I don't feel like he doesn't want me. It's just I don't feel as sexy as I don't feel as confident as I was did. I knew that I could walk through the house or excuse me, could not walk through the house um, without clothes on, without being grabbed up. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, I don't even want to take that risk. Let me put on these jammies. Because <laughs> if I walk by and he doesn't say anything or he doesn't whatever, then, uh, you know, I'm going to feel some kind of way. So I think that I, st- yeah, I definitely stay more covered up than I ever did before. 
Um, and he does too. I remember when I was like, when did you start wearing all of these jammies to bed? And he's just like, it's cold. And I'm like, we, this, we don't do this. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, it's become, uh, it's become an issue. And he, you know, he liked his, his pre-pregnancy body and, um, you know, he doesn't have it anymore. We need to have Ray on this call. I know he wouldn't talk though. Mm. <laughs> he would be here nodding and smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, like, cause me and B are quiet because we know our wives might listen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let's be clear that I have some shit I want to say. But I just fucking know better. <laughs> okay, it's, I just I just know better. It's not gonna go well. It's not gonna go. It's not gonna go well for me. And well, ho- it, hopefully, you know, I'm saying something that they can relate to. Yeah, it's but you, it's all wrong. But yes, they can relate. It's wrong. Why? What makes it wrong? Be- because you're looking at everybody gets to look at the thing differently and still be right. Like okay. the, the the way that you see, it, I mean, man, it, listen. That's that's one good thing that I learned from from marriage therapy is that man, it, people may not agree, and it's okay. It just depends on how you discuss your disagreement. Like your perception of how you feel, you look is different than your husband's perception. Right. And your husband may not tell you the truth because I'm married and I lie too. Okay, because because that will bode well for me at 9 p.m. I can tell the truth and be and be zeroed out for the week. All right. <laughs> and, and listen, and some he's not is crying. better than he's, take, he's taking it a step further. He has never said anything about this recent weight gain. He has never he, said one let me word tell you about it. He let me tell you, he got some good friends then. <laughs> now I'm telling you, he got some good married friends that telling him, "Hey, boss man, listen." It's a marathon. It ain't no sprint. She gained 20. She'll lose 20. She'll gain 30. She'll lose 30. Just hang in there. Keep your goddamn mouth shut. Okay? Because, listen, if she cut that water faucet off, dehydration dehydration will kill you. All right? <laughs> if, if the water got some fluoride in it or it's a little brown, at least you drink that, you get a little diarrhea, you'll be okay. But if she cut that faucet off, <laughs> death. Do you hear what I say? Listen, Rich. I'm talking about death. Which is and this, you know, this I'll make sure that. Uh, well, I don't know. He he already knows. I went and cut the faucet off. I, you know, I needed to be running too. So it's yeah. and part of it also has to be that he's got to face his own body image. Like you know, for he might, you know, I'm, I'm sure he has the, in his mind somewhere there's some of what you're saying. But also, how can I say something if I'm not willing to or capable of making the change myself? Well, it's, it's it's not it's not about it's because not about I will it. clap back now. Oh, shit. I will clap back. <laughs> so Thanksgiving clap back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Praise so, the Lord. But but I will use it to again in, empower the rest of us. Engage. I mean, the, the, the both of us. So Jada, you said that it was a, a seven out of ten. Well, that's how important body image was to your relationship, and you felt Ray would say the same thing about him and his own body image. I think that the way that he, I don't know if the numbers are the same, but I, I definitely believe that what he feels about himself, himself is right. more important than what he feels. Why about didn't me. you say a lower number? Why didn't you say four or three or two or one? In terms of your, yourself, you said you, you're, you felt like it was a seven importance to you. Yeah. Why wasn't it a, a two or five or four? Well, I, you know, we, 
we were physically attracted to each other. Mm. We, you know, that, that was a, a big part of our, um, you know, of our attraction, of our, um, e- even sustaining our relationship. Like we liked, we liked that we looked good. <laughs> she just said we were physically attracted to each listen, other. Listen, let me tell you something, man. God bless her because she ain't lying. That's right. Because she's not lying. Because and, and I'll say this, and, and you might get in trouble. You can edit if you want to, Coach B. Listen, my wife don't look like she looked when I first met her. Your wife don't look like she looked when you first met her. Nope. And as you get older, you develop a more mature love for the person. Because y'all, everybody going to get old. Maturity going to get everybody. Don't give a damn if you HRT, testosterone, whatever you HG, you can do whatever you want to do. Listen, everybody's going to get older. Gravity is going to take hold. Your skin going to start drop, drooping down a little bit. And that's the deal. However, the effort, as men get older, I can tell you right now, it is the effort that makes women sexy, not the body. You took the words out of my mouth, man. Effort it's is the, attractive. The, the effort is attractive. Listen, you get out there and you say, I'm going out for a 30-minute walk. You're like, when you come back, just leave it a little funky for me. <laughs> God. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, you know, I like it hot sometimes. I just don't want it sizzling. Let me take a shower. <laughs> So you're going to mess around and ruin it for me. I'm a cute. <laughs> no, it's true. And I have uh, this. The reason that this weight gain is so frustrating is because I've worked out. So I know that now my body is different. <laughs> um, I used to be able to work out and eat whatever I wanted to eat. Now that is not the case because my workout routine has not shifted as much as my diet has. So Right. Mm-hmm. So you, I, you, you, you can't outwork a bad diet. You cannot. You cannot outwork a bad diet, and I've you said that. my to, job so easy. <laughs> I've said that to clients for years, and it was this year when I got it. I'm like, oh, that's not just uh, you know a cute quote. <laughs> well, <laughs> let me let, let's let's ask a real question here as we move ourselves into the into the the back nine of the conversation. Jada, yes, who, who coaches you? So I am definitely the cobbler who has no shoes. Um, and I thought that I would be able to, oh, I know how to do this. I can do this. I create meal plans. I've led women to 45-pound weight loss after their babies um, and, and in the middle of a midlife crisis. I've, I've done all this. I can do it. I can get myself together. And I have not gotten myself together as successfully as I have for other women. Yeah, so, well, uh, yeah, you, you got, you got, <laughs> let me tell you something. I do health and wellness coaching, mm-hmm. and I'm and I'm one of Coach B's clients. Yeah, and Coach B does health and wellness coaching, and he's also one of my clients. That's right. Yeah, and and it, it and we 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 talk about sometimes we talk about um, issues with clients in, in terms of getting them over the hump or getting the last couple pounds off. We talk about mm-hmm. issues that we have with ourselves because mm-hmm. we we need coaching too. Right. And I can see that you are very very good coach because your ability to facilitate change from your personal experiences is absolutely fantastic. Not only, I'm just not just talking from your knowledge base, but you can have a, you can have great knowledge and not be a good coach. But the way that mm-hmm. I hear you, the way that I hear you speak about about breastfeeding and relationships and understand how to um, talk to a husband and a wife or partners in that listen, the baby's breastfeeding for a little while, you'll get your titties back. Don't worry. That's about right. It. Right, right. Said, but but th- that listen that takes a, that takes a skill set and, and 
you know that coaching is a skill set. So just tell us when you and your husband are going to get, <laughs> get y'all some coaching. We will. We, we definitely need it. We definitely need it. I have that talk with him tonight. Mm-hmm. Praise God for Jesus. <laughs> and, and let me tell you what I've seen on my end, and, and Coach B can tell you on, on his end too. Men that don't say anything are speaking in their silence. They're, they're speaking in a in a tone that that's not audible. Sometimes they're wise, but it's audible to the other women out there, and they can hear very well. <laughs> no, no, listen, 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 listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. It's like it's like it's like a dog whistle. <laughs> Can't nobody hear but the appropriate dog. <laughs> and, and or the inappropriate dog. <laughs> listen, listen. Whatever dog hear that, that's appropriate for them. But it, it, listen, right? It's, it's definitely it's definitely inappropriate overall. Let's see, I, let, 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 let me let me agree with you there. I gotta save myself. I gotta save myself, Coach B. Coach B. <laughs> if, if, some, if something go wrong, Coach, when I when I jump into this man, cut me off and save me from myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a sidebar. I'm gonna close that off <laughs> parenthetically. Listen, the, the 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 thing about it is, is just like. Just like women can see, uh, um, like you, you have some women friends that tell you, hey, man, that girl like you. You need to watch yourself around that girl. You like, oh, man, that girl don't like me. Man, I know that girl for somebody. They say, listen, I'm telling you that girl likes you. Just the same way that women can see that, men can see it. And women can see it when they see a man with a woman and they know exactly what that, what that dude wants and the, and the woman doesn't provide it. It's not that she's not providing because she doesn't want to. Sometimes... Man, life gets complicated. Right. And the thing and the things that were important at one time, they get moved down the totem pole because you have new responsibilities. Baby, right. feeding, picking up from school, black. <clears throat> and before you know it, you're not going to the gym as much. You're not eating as healthy as you were before. Right. And and things just change. But the eye of the of of a man doesn't change. Like I remember I remember it was one older dude talking to me. He was like, Man, I'm I'm eighty something years old. He said, a 20-year-old doesn't look unattractive to me because I'm 80. Mm. I never thought about it like that. He's like, mm-hmm. man, I, I, he said, a 20-year-old looked good to me when I was 20. He said, a 20-year-old still looks good at look, looks good to me at 80. Interesting. Uh, pe- people still want what it is that they want. Right. Pe- people still want people to strive to give them what they want. I know one thing. I listen. I, I came into I came into my marriage with a deal. A deal. This is what I, I was waiting imagine. for. No, you, you. I got contract, buddy. I already know this story. I, I was waiting for you to bring it up. Let's go. <laughs> oh no, I have, a, I have an anti-fat contract. I'm not. I'm not for me. Now people can hate me. You send me email. I don't give a shit what you do. It's my wife. We got agreement. Listen, I'm not gonna be married to nobody who's fat. Outside of you having some type of issue or a medical joint, that's not my deal. I, I know what I can put up with. I can't put up with that. That's not my thing. I, I have agreement with that. We got a three time. We got a three time a week minimum workout in my house. Agreement. Yeah. That, and it's an agreement. Everybody has to keep up with it. Children yeah. too. Children too. Kids outside running in the morning. So you've got a culture in your household that that, you know, that, that isn't just to one particular person. It's a family culture. Yeah. It's a family I'm, culture. I, I wish I could get my kids to be vegetarian. I'm still trying to figure out how Jada pulled that off. Cause but she doesn't know. She doesn't know anything. She's two. Yeah, but you got you don't have your you don't have grandparents around that 
That's sabotaging your program? I don't have grandparents. My my parents really respect what I I was not raised a vegetarian. I am not a vegetarian myself. I have been a vegetarian before. I've been a vegan before. Um, but my parents have really... I, I started eating differently from them in 1990. So... They now have um, a respect for how I eat. They have a, a tremendous respect for how I raise my child. I'm not doing with her all of the things, even outside of our diet. I'm not doing with, with her all of the things that were done um, to me from, you know, from discipline to interaction to, you know, it, it's it's different. Um, and, and some of it's the same, but whatever I say is what they respect or whatever we say, which is what I was like. Well, you, you, you need to help me with that. Cause my mom would tell me, listen, here's what I know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if I can help you <laughs> I can't, cause I definitely can't tell your mama what to do, but, but it's, it's, Hell, me, me either. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's been a, it's been a blessing, um, that was needed because again, his family is overbearing as a result. I think we, um, maybe, um, subconsciously spend less time with them and they're the family that's here. So, but we spend less time with them. I think my husband know because they, they were waiting. When you going to give that baby some food? When you going to, you know, every step of the way, when you going to give that baby some meat? When you going to get that baby some, you know, and you well, don't bring her over to my house. Cause I'm going to give her a hot dog. Duly noted. Wow. She will not be at your house, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's, it, it, you know, without it being, um, you know, super negative. That's what it is. You know, so we have, we have one, I have one sister-in-law who, you know, she will ask me, she's like, is it okay if she eats? She thinks she can't eat anything, but so she's, she's extra cautious. She's like, is it okay if she eats ice cream? Is it okay if she, yeah, yeah, yeah. just, you know, we're not doing meat. We're not doing juice. And, um, cause she's, you know, she knows about water. Like she's never had, not never, but um, I tried her on some almond milk, which is what I drink, and she wasn't into it. So she drinks water, period. And um, she doesn't know anything else. Man, I be struggling with I be struggling with my in-laws giving my my kids Rice Krispie treats when I'm not around. Man. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I think and and, and and I and I didn't told them please. I, I and I asked nice, and they and they just they, and they still do it. Yeah, I, I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of clients um, in in that position. So outside of a, look, we, we just have to respect each other. And it could be, you know, more understanding on your part. I don't know how often they're giving them Rice Krispie treats. My parents will give my daughter, my parents are six hours away, but they'll give her, you know, sweets or things that she doesn't normally eat, uh, when, you know, when they're with her. They're not going to give her meat, though. Um, and if they give her juice, it's highly diluted, might as well just be food coloring. And, um, you know, just so that they're not, <laughs> you know, the crotchety old grandparents or that she's not eating something that's so different from, you know, from her cousins, but it's not often. So if, you know, what I would say to you is if it's an occasional, we only get Rice Krispie treats at Papa and Nana's house then, you know, relax on that. Let them do it. If it's, if they're over there every day and getting Rice Krispie treats, then that's, that's another issue. Yeah. yeah it, 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 my, my, my issue is bad off. It, it just a constant level of just, 
For me, it, it's red as disrespect. I'm a dude, so that's how it gets red to me. Yeah. And, and you've got out of out of Jada's three points, you've got the professional knowledge and you've got the faith, but you're you don't <laughs> have no patience, dog. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, I got faith. No, no, my, my patience is good. I can't, I yeah, can't uh-huh. be a world. I can't be a world class athlete, an Olympian, a four time mm-hmm. national champion, a Hall of Famer, <laughs> two time. And, and I, that's and I why you grab. have no patience. No, no because I I, I I understand the process, and I'm listen. Listen, and, and I'm a great coach. I That's why patience. Larry Bird is a bad coach. He expects everybody no, no. to be able to hit the three. No, no, no. I'm not a bad coach. I'm a great coach. But here, here, here's what I do expect. I expect fucking compliance. <laughs> exactly. That's what. Listen, that, that's what I expect. Now, I will have patience as you learn how to, to comply, but disobedience will set me off. Yeah. But Jada, you're in a good spot also. I, you know, my, my two younger kids, my boys are very close in age. They're 15 months apart. And mm-hmm. from the beginning, they were getting the same knowledge that a lot of my coaching clients and students are getting now, you know, they were right. getting that just they like you. Yeah. Right. They, they don't know anything else. So right. one day when they're older, they're like maybe five and six and they, they were at the dinner table and they had this, they never, they never at that point, white rice was a thing that they just, you know, certain things that we just drove home. They just don't have. And when yeah. they ask why I say it's bad for you, it's like, you know, it's, yeah. it's not good for you. They were like, you know what? Uh, if somebody ever broke into our house, and uh, we walked in on them. I would invite them to the table, and I would feed them a bowl of white rice. <laughs> We'd get them back that way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are crazy, man. Yeah. That's, that's no, poison I have to a them. Client who, um, who she and her husband, our ex-husband, are divorced. Um, she eats very healthy. You know, no fast foods. No, you know, any no junk. Son went to stay the weekend with dad and stepmom or, you know, soon to be stepmom. And, uh, they brought him back at the end of the weekend complaining, you know, we tried to feed him. We took him to McDonald's, but he didn't want anything. And so the son just looked at the mom and, and she said, well, honey, why didn't you eat anything? And she, he said, I don't like McDonald's. It's all junk. And he, mom said, well, you could have at least gotten a salad. And he said, Mom, it's Iceberg. Oh, that's funny. He, he, <laughs> all the way. He's all the way with his. <laughs> he needs some patience and so tolerance himself. <laughs> yeah, she has done a number on him without even this. She said, I didn't realize it had gotten to that point. But <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with Ferg and say, look, when you and Ray are ready, you know, you can't be walking around talking about I'm a barber, but my hair is unkempt. <laughs> Jacked up. Yeah. Right. Right. Give us a right, call. Which- which in in you know full disclosure has affected the way that I have gone after clients. Um, so as I've as I've gained weight, um, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm less likely to approach a client. I'm less likely to say, "Hey, let me you know give you these services. Let me tell you about this. You know the breastfeeding I can do because you know I got breasts, but." <laughs> You know, the rest of it, hey, let me show you how to get this baby weight off. And I look like I still have on baby weight. Um, you know, it's it's an issue. So emotionally, professionally, it, um, you know, I was a bit stagnant. So now we go back to the other question again. On a scale from 1 to 10, how important is your body image to your <laughs> business? To my business? Um To my business, it's probably a nine. You need to give us a call. The I know. Super <laughs> we love you. 
Thank you so much for joining the show today. I love you guys too. The Super Fantastic Show is brought to you by Eating for Abs, home of the Ultimate Nutrition Course. Visit eatingforabs.com slash guide to download a ton of free resources to help you achieve lasting fat loss. The show is also brought to you by Coffee with Radhi, the number one motivational book by Olympian and four-time national judo champion, Dr. Radhi Ferguson. Visit coffeewithradhi.com and join us for our next episode of the Super Fantastic Show. Have a great day.